Behind the Shades. So when you speak to these young men who are trying to find their purpose, because I think we're living in a time where men have less purpose now than maybe you and I growing up, than definitely our parents and definitely our grandparents. So what are, type of, what are some of the type of conversations that you're having with young adults who are trying to find their way and make sure they're not being led astray? Uh, thank you very much, and you 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 you, you piggyback on it. But I, I'm also going to follow up your question uh, from take up your question based on that point. Uh, one of the data that I also studied um, is the fact that when two uh, parents, the man and the woman, this time around, um, are present at home, that child um, have more than ninety percent of a chance of never ever experiencing. Uh, incarceration. That's number one. Uh, but and also, I also studied. Uh, it is hard to say, but it's the truth that if the father by himself raised a child, um, he also have the same amount of percentage of not being incarcerated. Um, this does not take away the strength of our mothers. Um, I am uh, someone that my mom had a very big influence in my life, and I'm very fortunate to have both of them in my life as well. But because of the way uh, the American system is designed, uh, that you have to work extremely hard to be able to pay your bills. Uh, most of the moms that are single mothers today are not able to handle that pressure. Uh, some of them have two, three jobs they have to do to be able to catch up with the bills. They have two boys that they give birth to that they have to also be a father and a mother to at the same time. Uh, so it has really, really make the uh, issue to fall back on them. And it makes it seem that many of them fail to raise successful men. We've had a few uh, that have raised successful men. And I'm sure some of the people that are watching us live or that will be listening to this podcast later uh, can verify this data. Very few mothers have managed to raise their boys right. Some of them, they gave it their best but they just could not do it all by themselves. Having said that, uh, the questions um, I let these young teenagers ask me is, why are you telling all this story? Why do you think it is your responsibility to come out and share with us what's going on behind the walls? And I tell them this, I said, one of the things I tried to do when I started working in the prison system is hoping that some of the ones that are in there um, can actually change their life. One of the uh, 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 core competency of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice is to integrate, reintegrate inmates back into society and also to assist victims of crimes, right? But one of the things I observe is that many of these guys, once they come into the system, they are never the same person again. Never, I said. They are not able to come out to be normal again. Let me just put it that way. So. It is very hard to see someone that is once incarcerated or maybe coming twice and still want to be a father to someone or want to work and, and, and add to the society is very difficult. Some very few percentage also 
have managed to succeed in this way. So I look at it like, I tried this a couple of times and, and I'm telling you this because this is my personal experience now. And I said, okay, if it is not working to help these guys that are here in here, okay, why can't I in my own little capacity go out there and go catch them young? Let these young ones out there be aware of what is going on behind the walls and know that do not come there. Do not waste your life away. Once you allow, once you smoke that weed, once you taste that drug, once you allow your friend to convince you to go rob that drugstore and do a quick, quick hit on someone and they lock you up, that is more or less the end of your life. Because number one, you're going to be, a, you're going to be tagged a felon for the rest of your life. When you go to prison in the state of Texas and come back out, you are not able to rent an apartment in your own name. You are not able to get any credit. Your life is literally destroyed. So for me, I do this based on passion. I do this based on um, what I think that there is so much you can do um, here um, to add to the, to the system, to add to uh, the country, to add to your own family and to be an inspiration. Uh, to younger people, just as I am hoping I can be to you. Um, and that's just uh, be the basis of my discussion with them every time I have the opportunity. So what are some of the ways that young adults can avoid getting caught up in these types of situations that's going to put them down the path of ending up either in jail or in prison in the future? That's a very complex, but a very interesting question. Um, there is no one pathway, uh, but I think the foundation of it should be, um, if you as a man um, make that decision to make a baby with a woman, uh, for you to be responsible enough, for you to uh, make that decision that, okay, it is not just me having sex with this woman and uh, making a baby, for me to want to stay in the life of that child, being a male or a female, because what we have these days, it is either a boy with a gun or a baby with a child, a baby girl with a child, uh, right? That's what we have. That is the pattern. It, and, it's, and it's a cycle. It kept repeating itself over and over and over again. You hear, I, I right now in my role, um, I have, I'm in a supervisory role. So I work with a group of uh, inmates that are trustees. Uh, we call them trustees because their custody level is the lowest. Uh, so, so they are able to work outside of the facility uh, for us to move around and help. Uh, these guys literally run the prison system. And my discussion with them um, I got to know even more. Some of them, and it doesn't matter really, uh, race has no part to play in this. They come across all races, uh, white, black, Hispanic. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. Some of them would tell me, hey, boss, that's what they call us. I have 10 children with seven baby mamas. And for me, uh, coming from where I came from, uh, the, 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 the kind of culture that I came from in Nigeria, it's a culture shock. It's, I mean, after eight years in the United States, I still suffer from culture shock, from some of the things I hear and I see, right? So that the first thing I think we can do to start is to have this basic understanding that it is not about me going from this one to this one, to this woman, from this woman. If I make one child, if that, that's the only child I can be able to 
uh, work with and raise with the mother or with my wife, as the case may be, for you to put in the work and do that work. The second one is hopefully there will be more people that can start coming up and be a teacher and be a mentor and, and not let, because the American system does not allow anyone to talk to you, to your child. Uh, you cannot smack your child uh, because this country was founded on the basis of God, right? In God, we trust. But you observe that over the last few years, many, many words that has to do with God is being removed. Uh, it's been taken out. I'm someone that pays attention a lot. When you go to, once in a while, when I go for maybe vacation or assignment outside of the state, before you used to see the Holy Bible in, the, in, in your hotel rooms, these days you can't find that anymore. Um, so the issue of faith is getting, at, we are removing God gradually. The same God that we said is the foundation of the country. We are removing it gradually from the country. Uh, so we need to start going back to that. Mentors, uh, folks need to start coming up and start explaining it to these guys, to these kids that look, you have to do this. This is how to live. The third one, which I also think, which one of the things I'm also working on now, apart from me being a podcaster, starting a podcast on this discussion, inviting other young men and fathers and spiritual leaders to come and talk about fatherhood, leadership, and criminal justice on the podcast is uh, for you, for us to start encouraging these guys to channel that energy that they have. Um, a natural, a, a boy of five, six year old have an extreme high energy. Put that child into some form of sports. Let him start channeling that energy towards something that will exhaust him after school, right? So that when he leaves school and he knows he's going to play sports for one or two hours, by the time he gets home, nature will catch up with him or her and then he will be able to sleep. So the basics and fundamentals are the things we have to pay attention to and start doing. I'm a firm believer in everything that you just said, and here's why. I think if you put men and women, especially when they're young, into these programs, these resources, into these sports, you're taking them away from the street element, the influences, the addictions, and you're putting them in a more structured environment. You've played sports, you coach, and you've done that stuff. I've played sports as well. And you probably have the same experience as me. I looked at my coach as an extension of my father. Absolutely. It was that Absolutely. important. I looked at my teachers and my mentors as an extension of my father. Absolutely. Because they were there to educate me, to protect me to a degree, and to make sure that I was on the straight and, and narrow. And I remember a time where we started to move away from that where you had children running around five years old, seven years old, unsupervised, just running the streets. Mm -hmm. And then you began to see that became the norm. And we started to lose a group of people into that element because it's so addictive, right? I can do what I want. I can hang out with the older crowd. I'm getting a little bit of money, however they're getting it. And mm -hmm. they've kind of lost their way I'm <laughs> sorry.